0: Welcome to Red Light like Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now, here's your host Chad Dotson. Here today with uh, Dick Williams, general manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Really appreciate you coming on with us,
1: Chad. I can't believe it's taken this long to get connected, but uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. I've uh, read a lot of your stuff over the over the years, and uh, appreciate your coverage of the team.
0: Well, I appreciate that, and uh, and we're enjoying what's going on right now with the Reds, and I do want to get into the Reds. Obviously, that's what we're here to talk about in just a moment, but I'm, listeners of the podcast will expect that if I don't ask this question, that they'll be disappointed, because I'm always constantly talking about the University of Virginia, and it looks like we may have uh, overlapped our time at the uh, University of Virginia back in the 90s. Wah-hoo-wah.
1: There yep, we go. Sir. I got out of there in 93. I get back when I can. I used to get back a lot more before I had a wife and a bunch of kids and a and a job that keeps me busy. Um but I uh I I've been in touch with Brian O'Connor recently. We're trying hard to figure out a, a Cavaliers game that I can go check out soon. So I do uh I do stay connected to my Charlottesville roots.
0: Oh that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, that's same with me. Um love that place. Now, you've been on the job here uh I guess you were prom- promoted officially in 2015 and then took over Uh, later, but you've been on the job for a while now. you feel like you're sort of settling in?
1: I do. I do. It's a steep learning curve, getting into baseball. It's different than a lot of other businesses. Um, And so, you know, I never intended to rush it. In fact, I never knew whether or not being a GM was was in the cards for me. But when I had the good fortune of starting with the Reds, um, you know, back in uh, 06, I just wanted to learn the business, and um, those first few years, I, I was uh, humbled many times at how naive I was to, to the baseball industry and how it had worked, but I think over the last 10 years, I've, I've had the good fortune to work for some really experienced, talented people like Walt Jocketty, Bill Bavese, Bob Miller, and you know, Wayne Krivsky. We've just had a lot of uh, good guys come through uh, that I've met that have spent a lifetime in baseball, and so um, you know, I've enjoyed learning from them, and I do feel a lot more comfortable now that I've got a um, you know feel for, for kind of the flow of the game, but but by no means am I done learning. This is I think I'll spend my whole life trying to figure this game out.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And and you talk about learning uh, from some guys that have been lifelong baseball guys, and that that's what's interesting to me is that you really haven't. been. mean, you came to it a little bit late. Uh, it seems like. Do you think that gives you sort of your non traditional path to the general manager's job? Gives you a little bit of a different uh, way of looking at at the job?
1: I I really do. Um, I, I I don't know that I could recommend for people trying to get into the industry that they follow my path. It That's was right. so traditional but I really think it gave me a unique uh, perspective. And in hindsight, I wouldn't have done it any other way. Um, I, I just think you know to have those ten or twelve years um, out of out of undergrad where I was working in the business world. And, Investment banking, private equity. I was exposed to a lot of different business models. Um, in that, you know, in those industries—investment banking, private equity—you're you're, you're sort of paid to be naive and to ask questions, and and you learn how your clients do things, and then um, um, you know, you try to help them do it better. Um, or maybe you're taking a company public, and you're explaining to the public investors why a certain business model is is going to be profitable for the long term. So. It, it, it does give you uh, you a know, good understanding of uh, balance sheets and income statements and what it takes to build a good, you know, good company. And uh, so I'm really glad I got to do that without um, being baseball only uh, for a while. And then when I got involved in the business, it was like, hey, yeah, I continued to be that guy where I would ask questions. You know, I just made sure I understood everything. And um, I would challenge people, you know, hey, why, why are you doing it this way? Uh, well, a lot of the answers I got were, you know, that's the way it's done or that's the way it's been done. Um, and so I think it's incumbent upon uh, us to always ask questions, of, you know, are, are we doing it the right way? Are we doing it the most efficient way? And that's led to some changes in the way we do things around here.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. It seems like that has manifested itself a little bit in some of the changes around that we've seen, uh, the public has seen uh, in terms of what you've done with the minor league system, adding coaches at at the levels and the various nutrition Uh, programs for the minor leaguers and so it it looks looks from the outside like hey can we approach this differently are there things we can be doing that uh, are more creative or that can help us get to the goal uh, in addition to to where you've spent the money uh, over the last few years so it's uh, it's been interesting and you you think that that's a direct result of your uh, non-traditional background.
1: I I think that was a lot of it I mean it's not like the changes just started in the last year with my with my change in title, you know, we've got a really good team here and, and Walt and, and his group. I mean, all of us have, have been working towards a, a, you know, a better organization for years and we've been hiring good people and we've been, um, you know, making investment decisions, uh, with the long term in mind. But I think, um, you know, what, what has made it more apparent right now is where we are in the, you know, in the success cycle. And we went through a period from 2010 to 2013 or, you know, 2012 where we were in the playoffs uh, three out of four years and, 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 you know, kind of hitting on all cylinders and we were making investments in free agents. And, um, you know, that was where our focus was in the last couple of years when we haven't had success at the big league level, we, you know, tried to get out in front a little bit of, of that and started trading players and, and, uh reducing major league payroll with the intent of of investing that money where we could get a better return on the investment and so we re- redirected it towards some other areas and that's where the areas that have gotten the attention this past 12 months since i came into my new position were some of the ones you mentioned you know we put a lot of money into player development we put a lot of money into our international scouting um, we're putting a lot of money into sports science and analytics and right now is the right time to do it because uh because spending those incremental dollars on major league payroll right now um aren't gonna get us where we need to be in a couple of years. Um right now we need to be playing these young guys and while we're playing playing those young guys we can afford to to take some of the money that would go to free agents and, and put it um elsewhere where it's gonna benefit us in the long term. Uh amateur player acquisitions probably being the, the biggest dollar, most notable area that we're that we're really investing heavily in the last 24 months.
0: Sure, and uh, unfortunately we hear a lot out there about, oh, they're not spending any money, but you are spending money, and that's money that can go back into the Major League payroll once you get to that point in in what you call the success cycle.
1: Yeah, I think the fans, you know, they don't have access to all the information, and that's why I I like to try to be as transparent as I can because I can't guarantee a winning season every year, but I can guarantee the fans that we're working towards you know, getting into a window where we can win and win big, and that's what I want them to feel. And so, when we are having a season where we're not winning at the major league level, I, I want them to feel the progress that's happening. Um, you know, the last uh, couple of years, the investments we've made in amateur talent acquisition. Um, you know, we had our, our our biggest year, single year of amateur talent acquisition by three x over, you know, all the prior years in our in our history um and that's not something that the casual fan would necessarily know but we you know in in signing the cubans and um signing our draft class last year we made a really significant uh, investment and that's where some of those major league payroll dollars went um it's not cheap to 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 invest heavily in sports science and nutrition and analytics it's it, you know you're hiring personnel um you're buying equipment medical equipment um you know you you're investing in um storage and, and technology and uh you know those are areas where you know I guess the casual fan might sometimes roll their eyes a little bit like oh here we go again but those are the things that that pay off in the long term you know people want to know what what the cubs did or what the Indians did well that that's that's what they're doing you know that's the blueprint you got to follow is sometimes you got to invest in um you know in the infrastructure of your business
0: absolutely and we're in this rebuild now. Have been in it since the last uh, period of success, and it feels like. And I think you've sort of said this that we're at a little bit of a different point in the rebuild now. Do you feel like the club has turned a corner on that uh, on that rebuilding process?
1: I do. Um, last year and in the prior year felt a little more in the teardown phase. Felt like we were a little more in the teardown phase. you were still completing a lot of the big trades. um You know, I think we'll. Trades may still be a part of this next year or two, but, but not to the extent it was there for a while. And when we made those trades, um, we had to fill those roster spots with, uh, um, with more temporary veteran players. Um, and now I think because our young prospects weren't really ready yet. Now I think we're at the point where we've got a 40 man roster full of young, exciting players with options that give us. The opportunity to kind of cycle them through. So last year, for example, or you know, last week, for example, just bringing Jesse Winker up for a couple, couple of days when you need a bat off the bench. You know, Philip Irvin is going to be activated today for, for a period of time. Um, you know, to be able to bring a Barrett Aston up or a Wandy Peralta up to pitch out of the pen. You know, you're using young players that you think are going to be part of your future. Um, you know, spot start by by a, whether it's a Cody Reed or Sal Romano. You know, instead of doing what we were doing last year, where you're trying to plug in with the, you know, the Tim Nell Bills and the, you know, the guys that were really just here for, for a short period of time as, as warm bodies. So I do feel like we're, we're moving to a different, different phase. You know, the next, the next phase after this will be figuring out which of these young guys, uh, you know, is going to take it to the next level and really be a part of that core. And to find that out, we got to let them play. And then once we figured out who's, know, Who really is a part of the successful core? Then we'll start to invest money um, in the major league payroll again. We'll ramp that investment back up um, in order to fill the holes that need be to be filled. Um, ideally, we'd like to say we'll fill them all with with young players coming up. But but we all know that um, you know that that's probably be probably be naive to assume they're all going to have the same amount of success at the big league level. So you kind of have to be ready to react based on who succeeds and, and who doesn't.
0: And that's something that I said uh, earlier today, most recently, but that I've been saying about this year's team compared to the last couple is that, you know, this year's team may set a record for most players making their major league debut, but it's exciting. It should be exciting to all Reds fans because you're getting to see some of these guys and see whether they can be part of the next good Reds team and, and it, it's a lot better than seeing some of these, like you call them, more temporary guys. These are people that have a chance, have some real upside, and have a chance of being part of the next uh, team. And so, to me, that's uh, that's as exci- that's that's the selling point for this year's Reds. We're in first place now. I say we. Well, yeah, I shouldn't, but the Reds are in first place now. We hope they are at the end of the year. But uh, as of now, there's a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of fun. I think uh, just from a fan standpoint.
1: Uh. It, it's all right if you say we, Chad. We, we're all in this <laughs> together. We want you to feel like you're part of it. <laughs>
0: I appreciate that. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take shortstop if it's available. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you about uh, because we're talking about now the Reds moving into a sort of a different uh, a turning a corner. Do the Reds need a? Uh, do you guys need a winning record this year for Brian Price to keep his job?
1: Uh, no, I don't think that's going to be the um, you know the determinant of whether Brian keeps his job or not. I think the key is are we going to you know, we're going to see Brian managing the club in a way to maximize the success of the players. Um, and I think we've seen some real encouraging early returns on that. You know, his usage of the bullpen, we've spent the last year or two talking a lot about it, and I think his managerial philosophy is continuing to evolve there. Um, and now he's got a little better weapons than he did last year to do what he wants to do. Um, so I think we're seeing some... Um, you know, some things in the first month this year that, that we didn't see much of early. We certainly didn't see early last year. We started to see it in the second half, uh, but you know what, what Brian is paid to do. He can only go so far as the talent level of his players can carry him. Um, but what, what I want to see him do is maximize the development of these young guys. If, if Amir and Cody and, and Robert and Sal and, Wandi Peralta, Barrett Aston, you know Louis Castillo. These guys all come up this year and have success and continue to develop, and, and they're all going in the right direction. And, and not just the pitchers. You know, now as a manager, he's responsible for the position players as well. Um, you know that that should lead to wins. Um, but even if it doesn't, if we, if we can see positive development in those guys and positive development in Brian as a as a manager, you know, then I think he's got a good chance to be here uh, going forward.
0: And of course, I don't mean to suggest that he should be uh, lose his job if he uh, if uh, the Reds don't have a winning record this year. Because to me, this is the the question that needs to be asked. Because he only got the one year extension, but this seems to me to be the first year that he's actually had a a, a real roster, uh, so to speak, at his disposal. And it's really interesting to see how he's responding to having um, sort of a, a better players at his disposal.
1: Yeah, you know, in the last couple of years there were a lot of people. Um, frustrated with the losing, and we're you know we're obviously um, calling for a managerial change, and, and you know that part of part of my job and part of Bob Castellini's job and Walt's job is to you know make sure we're giving everybody a fair opportunity, and, and we didn't think that Brian should be evaluated solely on the wins and losses the last couple of years, given what he had to deal with, and, and we really thought the way he brought the clubhouse together in the second half you know, brought that team to an almost 500 record uh, for the second, I think one game below 500 for the second half of the season. Um, you know, it was really a testament to his leadership ability and um, you know, he's, he's got to continue to develop and improve as a manager. And I think he's on track to do that. Um, and we'd like to see it continue this year, but it definitely was important to give him this year with, a, with a, with an improved roster. And uh, we have an option um, you know, for him, for next year, and, and hopefully we uh, we continue the momentum we've started with early, uh, and, and things keep going. Because Brian, we don't want Brian managing this year. Um, you know, as if every win or loss is going to affect his future employment. Um, you know, we want him managing to win ball games, but we also we're asking for one more year of you know making sure that. Development is a priority because we have to put ourselves in the best position to win in the next couple of years, when we'll have more, more and more resources. If we win now, that's great. That's an added bonus. But we have got to make sure to keep a, you know, long term view.
0: Right. Judge judge him on the things he can control at this point. Sure. Uh, now, uh, shifting over to some of the players, I wanted to ask about, and one of the most interesting guys, really, in the major leagues, is Michael Lorenzen, and I was wanted to know. If there are any lingering concerns about his elbow, about his arm that might be a factor in keeping him in the bullpen, or um, you know, I, we're all sort of wary of uh, the Errolis Chapman. We all wanted Errolis Chapman mm-hmm. in the rotation. So, are there are there maybe some concerns there that are a factor in keeping him down there, just because he's so electric down there?
1: Um, well, it's a good question. Y- you know, um, you always want to give players the best chance to succeed and 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 as a starter you know that that has the best chance to impact the team you know over the course of a season you know chance to pitch the most innings do the most damage and so you know we don't want to give up on players as starters uh, prematurely um you know with Michael uh, the the jury's still out i think on whether or not he can ultimately uh, be a starter. He certainly has the confidence to do it, and he certainly has the physical ability. You know what we saw in the in the times that he has started. Um, you know that was when the physical ailments cropped up, um, and also when we when we moved him to the pen, there was a noticeable improvement in in the stuff that we saw. You know the velocity was up, the crispness of the pitches was was better. And the results were, frankly, a lot better. Um, You know, we started seeing a guy that can be a dominant weapon in the pen. I have made it very clear to Brian that if we're going to use him that way, and then Brian's totally on board with this, but if we're going to use him that way, then we need to continue to try to maximize um, the uh, the innings that we get out of him. Um, So could he start, you know, in a pinch? I think so. Could he evolve back? Mm-hmm. you know, to compete for a rotation spot, that's a possibility. Probably not mid-season this year, you know, but but at some point it's it's a possibility. But if, if we continue to have these other young starters developing the way we hope, and he continues to have the success in the bullpen and is used in a, you know, in a way that we think values the club, where he's getting more than 100 innings a year as a reliever, you know, that, that still has a chance to be a pretty impactful, successful a big league player and one that we're more likely to to keep healthy,
0: and maybe let him back up Billy Hamilton in center field.
1: I <laughs> would not put it past him out there in uh, you know in the field. This guy was a, a really athletic position right. player in college. Uh, you know I don't think it'd be fair to compare anybody. to though I wouldn't want any, wish that on anybody to be Billy's backup. <laughs> no, uh, but but no, you know that's a, that's an interesting question. You know that's one of the things Lorenzo wants to do it all. You know, he's a special athlete, and uh, he'd love to, he'd play the play the field if if we could, you know, if we could figure out a way to make it happen. We believe that you, you know, he needs to focus on pitching in order to be successful at that level. But um, he'd probably be the first pitcher uh, to get his name called if we needed a position player on a short notice. I'll right. tell you that.
0: What about Robert Stevenson? You're giving a, a you guys are giving a start to uh, Tim Adam on this weekend, and, and some of us sort of thought that Robert Stevenson, who's look, uh, looked pretty good in limited amounts uh, in the bullpen so far this year, but it's, looks like he's making some uh, making some strides. Was there a thought to giving Stevenson that start, and is is he gonna, in line to get a, a start at some point?
1: Yeah, I think Robert very much is is in line to get starts at some point. I mean, you know, there's a lot of hand wringing out there about how's Cody Reed being used? How's Robert Stevenson being used? You know, Michael Ernst and Iglesias, are they stars or are they relievers? Um, You know, it's an art, not a science at the end of the day. Um, And we're trying to get the most out of these guys. Robert had struggled um, at the the big league level. Sure. Um, You know, and there was some thought that you could send him back to AAA and have him start until, uh, you know, he figured it out. And Brian and Mac felt strongly that sometimes you just have to push through at the big league level um, in order to get to, the you know, that next level. You have to, you know, that if you've already succeeded in AAA, to send you back there isn't getting you where you need to get. Um, and the same is true of Cody a little bit. And so the thought was, well, let's get them some outings in the big leagues, um, get them comfortable here and get them experiencing success here. And then, you know, then see where that takes us. Um, so Cody did that. Uh, you know, he's had, I don't think he's given up a run out of the pen. Um, you know, his first outing, he had some walks, uh, since then he he hasn't had any walks. Um, you know, so we're going to, we're going to let him get a start this weekend and, achieving and build on that success. And uh, Robert, it's been, um, you know, he may be a, a pitcher. He may be a little different case than Cody in terms of, you know, where his success takes him. Um, we didn't want to uh, plop him right back in the rotation just yet. Um, you know, he's been, he's been taking steps forward in the pen. The velocity has been really good. The control has been pretty good. Um, I think we're, with him we're going to go a little longer, you know, getting success here, uh, in the, in the bullpen. And then, you know, at some point stretch him out with starts, either at the major league level or or the minor leagues. Uh, but Tim's had a couple good starts. He's, he's been there before. We know that this weekend is kind of a one, probably just a one time thing before rookie comes back. So, uh, we just felt that Tim was more uh, suited for this particular start and we'll continue to let Robert, you know, you don't, you don't want to jerk these guys back and forth, and if you, Robert made this one start, then he's not available in the pen for a few days, so do you option him back? Knowing that it was just a one-time start, I think, made more sense for, for Tim to to make it at this point and let Robert continue his development in the pen.
0: Okay. A couple more uh, players, and then we'll let, uh, we'll let you get out of here. Um, uh, this infield situation is going to be really interesting over the next couple of years if uh, Nixon Zell and, and Dilson Herrera both... Uh, Continue to progress and and are pushing up the on the big league level because you've got A. Uh, Eugenio Suarez who's just looking fantastic. I mean, the, just nothing to complain about with uh, Suarez, and of course Parraza is struggling right now, but Parraza is in that mix. Jose Peraza. and of course we still have Zach Cozart he's playing great right now. How do you how do you see that uh, over the next year or so? Uh, let's say Sinsel's ready by September. Are you all deeming ready? What what happens there?
1: Well. You know, if, if we're talking about the problem of having too many good good players, yeah, many a big many Players the major league level, <laughs> then I'm I'm all in on that problem. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure something out. Um, you know what 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 I think will happen is you know Nick is going to take the next couple years to develop, and we're not going to rush him to the big leagues prematurely, uh, especially because we have some good players at the big league level already. You know, it's and we're not in a you know, an urgent, urgent win now mode with a, with a glaring weakness that he addresses. Um, so it, it gives us the opportunity to be a little more prudent about his development time. What I like about some of our major league players and what I'd I like uh, to continue with some of the guys coming up is, you know, to, ha- to have some positional flexibility with these guys. You know, Suarez has become a really good third baseman, he was a really good shortstop, too. He can also play left field. You know, Adam Duvall played a lot of third base before he moved to the outfield for us. He's also played first base. Uh, Peraza plays second and short both equally well. He plays uh, center field. Um, you know, we've got Alcantara that can play all over, Scooter Jeanette that can move around. So Having that kind of flexibility is really makes Brian's life easier in terms of managing a ball game, and it makes the GM's job a little easier in terms of, you know, managing, um, you know, players development coming up. So if, if, if Nick does get ready and comes up, there's a lot of different things you could do, you know, cause you could, you're not forced to trade Suarez cause you could, you may have a hole that's short and Suarez moves over there. You're not forced to, you know, to, maybe the holes created in left field, maybe the holes created at second base and, you know, you have a domino effect of players being able to move around and, and address those, um, holes. So, you know, right now our goal is just to get as many uh good young players in the system as we can and i think the last couple of years we've we've done a pretty good job of through trades and the draft and the international signings of giving ourselves a lot of options now we just need to see which ones are really going to step up and, and and grab the opportunity
0: jesse winker and philip Irvin, is is the idea there seems like get him a get them a taste of the big leagues, get their feet wet. And I assume Irvin's probably up uh, for a short period here. Uh, and especially in the, in the case of Winker for a guy that has a chance to be an everyday guy down the road. Was that the idea just to let them get their feet wet, see what the big yeah. leagues are like?
1: Yeah. We, you know, it, we're going to be aggressive about um, using our roster spots. And, uh, you know, the other day we knew Sal Romano was going to come up and make a start on Sunday. So I went to Brian and said, look, we're, we're a couple days away from that. Um, let's, let's get, jesse here and give us an extra option you know you never know if it's going to win you a game and lo and behold right you know the second time the second game he was here it did um and you know then sal goes out um, now tony's down we're gonna bring philip up you know we'll see how that helps for a few days and then you know in a couple of days from now you could see it be a different position player you could see it be a reliever um, we'll just kind of uh, react to the situation you got it you know it's, real fluid here so you just gotta sort of react as as things come but but jesse and philip um you know we still are developing them as everyday players and so it doesn't make a lot of sense to have them here for an extended period of time um coming off the bench um you know right now we're we've got a pretty good everyday that we're that we're getting comfortable with and it's a little too early in the season to you know to give up on any one of those guys just Based on a sure. um, you know two week sample size, so for right now, you know our everyday age is going to continue our everyday, age and, and Jesse and Philip will continue to develop the AAA. But um, you know we've said we want to be aggressive about getting young guys up in the big week. So in the first half of the season, I could see them coming up um, more for opportunities like this, where it's a short you know couple days at a time, an opportunistic roster move. Um, you know, in the second half of the season, it would be more for the extended stay.
0: Right. All right, last question here. I've been predicting for the last six months uh, something, and I'm going to ask you if uh, if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Is Billy Hamilton going to be an All-Star in 2017?
1: I say Man, yes. I'd love, I'd love to see it happen. Um, you know, I, 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 I hope so. <laughs> I, I really think he he deserves a gold glove. Oh, no doubt. Um, but you know, the last year, what's worked the last couple of years, what's worked against him is just getting, you know, enough games under his belt. When you're playing hundred, 110 games. Um, I, I think that works against you, uh, in the gold glove voting, uh, by just not having enough chances out there. Cause he's certainly got the talent. Um, you know, the, the all-star game is more of like a popularity contest slash, you know, who has the best April.
0: Right. So,
1: You know, it's a little different criteria than you know who's the best center fielder out there. But um, you know, Billy's he's already made the defensive plays this year that show us you know the same Billy we've always had. Um, Now he's just got to keep that offense
0: got to get on base.
1: It's uh, you know it's his challenge. No no surprises. Um, I think I think he and Jose are going to push each other start getting on base in front of Joey and Joey's going to start hitting and then our offense will be real dangerous
0: well it's uh, looked pretty good uh, most of the time the first two and a half weeks uh, been, a, been a fun season so far hope it keeps up really appreciate you uh, coming on and talking to me a little bit here
1: today Hey, thanks for having me Chad stay in touch
0: will do thank you take care see you bye Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. This Valentine's Day, duncan has got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a Cocoa Mocha Signature Latte. Or make them swoon with a Strawberry Dragon Fruit Duncan Refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.